It's April 8th, 2006, and this is The Candid Frame. Now, if you would think of starting a career that would last maybe 30 or 40 or 50 years, you wouldn't think the way to get started would be to fail all your photography classes or to get fired from your first job as a photographer in a newspaper. Well, we're not talking about a usual photographer. We're talking about Howard Bingham. And though you may not recognize Howard's name, more than likely you've seen his images because he's photographed one of the most famous and probably most recognized sports figure, Muhammad Ali. Now, Howard's not only Ali's best friend, but he's also been the man who's probably created more images of Ali than anyone else. He's been there to document the most public events of Ali's life as well as the more personal ones. But he's also done more than that. He's worked for Life magazine, Sports Illustrated, numerous other magazines. He's documented some of the most dramatic moments in American history, including the 1968 Democratic Convention in Chicago, as well as uh, doing several stories for Life magazine, including one on the Black Panthers. But just to talk about Howard's images and talk about his career... You really have to talk about Howard the person, because if you ever have the chance to meet Howard, you'll realize that Howard is probably one of the nicest photographers you'll ever meet. And that affability, that friendliness that Howard has, is one of the big reasons he's been able to make the career that he has. He's a talented photographer, no doubt, but his, it's his friendliness and his ability to put people at ease that have made Howard the photographer that he is. The interview today was conducted by Marco Torres uh, at a champions-only barber shop in San Fernando. It's not as long as our as our uh, usual uh, podcast, and there is going to be some background noise because of the location where uh, Marco had to interview him. But I hope you'll forgive that and just enjoy a brief conversation with the legendary Howard Bingham. <laughs> so tell me about tell me about tonight. I want to know about tonight. Well, tonight is the night that I'm uh, one of six honorees that, that's going to be honored for uh, uh, from Compton College. I'm the one from Compton College, uh, an alumnus. Uh, they call me up about oh three months ago and say, Howard, uh, we're having this event and we want to honor you as one of our first honorees. And so I said, why? And then I uh, said, well, because you are an alumnus. I said, but I'm not graduating. And uh, she said, well, that don't matter, you know. So you're not, I thought you graduated from Compton. No, I didn't graduate from no place. <laughs> no, you know, the thing is, and, uh, and so anyway, uh, back to uh, they want to honor me. And so I said, I'm not graduating. She said, that's fine. And I said, well, uh, I made a lot of F's in photography. I got kicked out of there. He said, well, that was, that was a long time ago, and this is now and uh, what you've done since then, you know. 
So it's one of the reasons why I'm doing on it, which is nice. And I, I, I'm having fun with it, though. Oh, I'm pretty sure. You have that slide that you show the... Yeah, with the F and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a but, man. but the, but the, <laughs> hey, you know about this, you know about that world. But you know what? Um, what what made you go to community college? I mean, how did that work? Because this was, I mean, tell me a little more context about how that happened. Well, uh, I was after high school, and so uh, I did not have a scholarship or anything. So, and I did not know what I wanted to do or be or what, whatever. Uh, oh, I was a music major. So uh, after after uh, high school, I went to Compton Junior College for a couple of years. I was there for a couple of years. I did not do anything. I was having fun, and you know, um, because uh, Compton Junior College is not like high school, where uh, where they would always call your parents and say, "But how is not showing up?" You know, you know, I was on my own. I was laying there. So. Um, but um, I wasn't focused, and so I was having a lot of fun, you know, because I was the oldest of seven kids, and so once I got home, I had to do this and do that, you know, had to, so, so uh, the uh, country college was like a uh, playground. But anyway, uh, after a couple of years, uh, I was making bad grades, C's and D's and F's, mainly F's, I got kicked out. You got kicked out of Well, I mean, I didn't get kicked out. Yeah, nicely, yeah. And so um, I went, I had to get a job because I lived at home with my mother, father, and brothers and sisters. So I went to uh, a market chain, Vines Market, and started uh, working as a, uh, as a uh, maintenance guy. Mopping the floors every morning, four or five o'clock in the morning, just mopping, 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 and working, working, working. And each, each month, uh, I went up to the edifice and said, hey, uh, can you... Uh, uh, promote me. Can, can we get a different job? And so I said, well, I'll come back next month. So next month never came. So uh, 18 months later, I told him to take his job and, you know, what's the word? Shove, Shove it. <laughs> so, and then I was at home with my mother and father, brothers and sisters, and uh, a couple of my neighbors were photographers, and I used to see them with their... Uh, uh, beautiful women over there, and, and I hear about them in the newspapers and around town. And I said, hey, I like this. You know. So I went down to the local newspaper, the LA Sentinel, and knocked on this fellow's garden door for a week. Knock, knock, knock. No happy today. No collect them all. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> so anyway, after four or five days, he said, Come on in, but don't bother anything. So I was around there. Oh, around him for a month, just watching him picking up bags and going out on assignments with him, uh, running errands and carrying his bags. So after a month, I said, hey, why don't you get there? This is your hobby. said, after, if I do that, I have to get half his salary. So I said, fine. So he went up to Ms. Washington, who was the editor, and said, that was this, I was that. With nothing like me in sight. So... They hired me. I was making sixty dollars a week, and he was making thirty of it. So um, anyway, I went out on the assignments. I came back with no film, uh, out of focus, underexposed, just all kinds of alibis. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, so um, they didn't fire you. Uh, no, uh, each uh, each each thing I had a. Uh, Real good excuse, uh, but I learned very, very fast. And so, um, 
And so uh, 18 months later, they fired me. And it really hurt because, because I was actually doing a pretty good job, uh, weddings and all the other stuff. So, but uh, uh, they actually fired me because I was hustling on the side, doing all the exercise work. So, but with their equipment, mine too. But uh, but the thing was, uh, I'd, uh, I met a lot of people and uh, made a lot of contacts, and so, and at that time, I'd also met Ali. Uh, but anyway, uh, it hurt me big time because I knew that. I was doing a good job, and so, but, but really, that was the best thing in the world that happened to me. Uh, by them firing me, and um, because uh, there was a whole lot of people who, who was at the Sentinel who was still at the Sentinel for just up until recently. So uh, that was my way of like, getting out of there mm-hmm. early on, and uh, I've been uh, meeting, uh, meeting a whole lot of people around the world. Now, most photographers. <coughs> Most photographers want to get into it because of the craft. You obviously want to get into it because of the, the girls and the, <laughs> and the bay. Well, you know, first things first, you know. <laughs> no, but um, I've been very, very fortunate. You know, um, as I said before, I was a music major, and so. Um, but as I, oh, it's been uh, as you know, as long as I've, I've been in the field, uh, I've I've been learning and and. Really, uh, this has uh, uh, been my only job that I've had, and I know a lot of other photographers who was 100 percent better than me and uh, lighting and doing all this stuff. And and here I've, I've had no formal education, and uh, a lot of the other guys here have PhDs, UFDs, FUDs, and and then you know, and I've really make it. You know, uh, one of the big honors that I had uh, in a July the 12th, 2004, I was asked by Kodak to come and speak at the Eastman House. Uh, this was the 150th anniversary for George Eastman's uh, birthday. And so I was, I was invited there to speak on behalf of all of the photographers in the world, amateur and professional. And it was wonderful. Yeah. And uh, I broke down there because, you know, just thinking about where I came from and, you know, and then I sort of compared my life a bit with uh, with uh, George Eastman because he he actually dropped out of school about fourteen or fifteen. I got kicked out, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been wonderful. You know, when I talk to other photographers, yeah, um, you know that I have this great opportunity where I get to meet them. They always mention you as one of their favorite photographers because oh, yeah. you're very you make people comfortable. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of guys got egos, and uh, they uh, they act bigger than holier than, uh, and holier art thou, you know. And uh, but you know, hey, just be yourself, you know. And I like to have fun. I like to, I like to make people happy, make them smile. And, you know, it uh, doesn't cost you any more. How did you end up um, <coughs> photographing for Muhammad Ali? Was he? Because he's definitely a ham. So he was perfect for you. Well, you know, with Ali, uh, uh, we became friends, and I just happened to be a photographer. It wasn't that he asked me or hired me to become a photographer. I just happened to be there, and so I, I was taking pictures every day. I, uh, at one time, I, I had never enlarged a photo for him, you know. And you know, uh, the uh, word got out that um, I 
I was his secretary, I was his photographer and everything. And so, uh, and uh, people would write about it in the magazines. And so that's how I got my little name. So, say for instance, uh, 1965 when they had the big Watts riots, uh, everybody in the world would call me, all the magazines, live Saturday evening post look, you know, because I knew that I was from South LA and, and I knew everybody and so, uh, I knew that, uh, I would have an end. But at that time I was over in Sweden with Ali, uh, doing exhibitions. So, but in, uh, 1966, that's how I got my start with Life Magazine because I was in the area when it first started. And so I called them up and the friend said, start shooting. Um, and, uh, that evening of the riots, Life Magazine had sent all their high rollers down there, like Bill Epridge, Bill Ray, um, Ralph Crane, co-rentmeister. And, uh, that next week in Life Magazine was my two pages. And boy, you're talking about somebody walking head high on shoulders up. Yeah. Uh, it was wonderful. Why? Why? Because, you know, uh, all those other high rolling big name photographers and my photographs that week, only my photographs in there. It was, it was a nice feeling. Yeah, but why do you think they chose yours? I mean, in retrospect. Well, because, uh, I had the photographs that they wanted. I had the photographs that others couldn't get. You know, because I was, I was from that area and I knew a lot of people. And, and you know, uh, 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 one of the things that happened was, uh, people know me and they know that I'm not going to say where I, I took certain pictures. And so they took me to a place where they had a whole bunch of weapons and hand grenades and stuff. And they knew that I was working for Life Magazine. And so they, uh, they, uh, they actually let me take the photograph, you know. And uh, that helped me. And, you know, um, I've uh, been uh, very, very fortunate that way by, uh, by folks and friends who, who, uh, who do not worry about anything uh, when I'm around. One of the things, like I said, like with the Panthers, but like Panthers, Life Magazine wanted to do a story in 1967. <coughs> Life Magazine wanted to do a story in 1967 uh, on the Panthers, and so uh, at that time, Eldridge Cleaver was the Minister of Information. So he went to the, they went to them and and told them that they wanted to do a story, and and I not, uh, met Eldridge, and at that time they, uh, he said the only way that this can be done is Howard being on shooting, and so uh, Life called me and and uh, we hung out a month and a half with him. And uh, we had access all over. And uh, we went um, every day, day and night. So, uh, and at the end, uh, a writer who was with me, uh, he ended up leaving Life Magazine because uh, Life wanted him to write it one way, and uh, he wanted to write the way he saw it. Uh, one other thing is um, uh, a couple of days after we got there, uh, Eldridge had called me over and said, Hey Bingham, we know you. I don't know this guy right there, you know, uh, as, uh, as in the writer. I don't know him, but I think he's a effing pig. I said, No, no, he's not, the, he's not the pig. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy, but he's a middle of the roader and, um, uh, he's never been around people, you know, 
With hand grenades. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, they didn't have hand grenades or weapons, but you know, uh, but uh, he wasn't uh, comfortable. And you know, I was just uh, hanging out, and, you know, like you know, everyday people, you know. So, uh, but I, but but uh, this guy ended up leaving Life Magazine you know, because uh, he uh, actually got turned around, uh, you know, because you know, in the early days he. Uh, He's a middle of the road, and uh, he wrote an article in Life magazine. I, I've never been bitten by a rat. <laughs> and so, but you know, it's a little different. Yeah. So, talk to me about your life. You did. The, I really like the life spread that you did in Mississippi. Talk to me about that project. Mambaya was a story that I did in 1968, which ran in Life uh, uh, March 1969, and I was. I was there about a month and a half, and this was a uh, all-black town in Mount Bayou, uh, in the Mississippi Delta, and I was about 100 miles from Memphis and 130 from Jackson, Mississippi, and so uh, I went down there to. Uh, there was a story that was, but uh, this college, uh, Tufts College, uh, had a, had actually got a, a team of people together. Uh, to go and help help these uh, poor black people uh, to build wells and to show them how to grow food and stuff and, and uh, uh, they would also uh, bring nurses and medical help and a whole lot of people had never seen had never seen uh, doctors or nurses midwives and so so uh, I was there to uh, photograph that and so that's what I did and I uh, it was really wonderful. Uh, it was wonderful and sad, but uh, after I after I left there, I did not want for anything for a while because you know, people didn't have water to drink. People had to walk miles of water every day, and so that was interesting. You know, uh, Howard. And Matter of fact, uh, that weekend, Life Magazine, I made the uh, editor's note. Uh, uh, we were supposed to, uh, to make the cover. Cover the magazine that month, but we didn't. That week, brother. You know what? Um, one of the articles, the one, the, the Sports Illustrated article, basically in the first paragraph, I think nails you as being like, the nicest guy that you can meet in sports, and he actually puts you in sports, in the sports category. My ex-wife didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but. That's extreme. I want you to kind of elaborate on the fact that how important is it to be a, a nice photographer? I mean, I think that you're able to take the pictures you take because people are extremely comfortable with you. Why not be nice? Why be arrogant? Why be holier than thou? Why not just be yourself? And you know, I don't do anything special. You know, I, I've been very, very fortunate, you know, and uh, I'm not to take advantage of people, and I'm not a paparazzi. I don't sell. I have photographs that people are offering a lot, a lot of money for. Matter of fact, a Life magazine offered me a lot of money uh, uh, with uh, photographs of Ali and Malcolm X, Ali and uh, Elijah Muhammad uh, before he announced he was a Muslim. You know. So uh, why do I want to do something that's going to make somebody else angry and me? Uh, uh, put a bad light on me. You know, I have to wake up every morning. I look in the mirror and say, "Wow, you ugly sucker!" You <laughs> no, no. But you know, I'm happy. I, I don't. You know, I love life. I love, I love how I do what I do. Mm -hmm. And I had, when I look back at photographers, especially during the '60s, 
mean, there's not very many people I could think of that were No, you know, uh, I just happen to be, I have, I had an act for being in the right place at the right time, and, um, and you know, it's been wonderful, you know, with Life Magazine. Uh, 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 once I started out with Life Magazine, after that, uh, after the two pages in Life uh, for the riots, you know, they knew that the long, hot summer was coming up, and so they put me on a riot retainer. Wherever, and wherever riots broke out, I went. I went to Detroit, uh, a whole lot of places, uh, Fresno and Bakersfield, Hunters Point. And um, so uh, that was my foot in the door. And then in um, uh, 1968, I was at the Democratic Convention, which is horrible, man. Those police in Chicago was awful. Were you there photographing there as well? Yes, yes, I was there photographing for life. And, um, you know, I said this before, and I'm, I'm not ashamed of it, but I really meant it when I said it. Uh, there was an interview that, that I did with the L.A. Times, and I said... That night, if I had had a gun, I wouldn't mind them going to jail because a lot of those police I would have shot because they were the worst, you know. And I was in front of the Hilton Hotel when they uh, pushed all those people into the windows there or right across from Grant Park that night. It was just inhumane. It's difficult times. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then, uh, you know, it's been been wonderful and I've been blessed and... Could you um, talk about, um, you know, one of the things that a couple of years ago CNN did a study on the most recognizable person in in the world? In Don't talk about me yet. <laughs> recognizable sports figure, and it was Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. And you're obviously, uh, you probably have captured more pictures of Muhammad Ali than anybody else has. Yeah. So do you, how, does it, how does it feel? Did, did you ever connect the dots between, between that? Yeah, yeah. As you know, Ali's my best friend, and uh, if he had done, if he had not met me, he would not have been the most famous, recognizable face on earth. <laughs> joke, joke, joke. No, but um, I've been blessed and uh, to have had the honor. And uh, this guy's one hell of a guy. You know, he's a guy who cares, a guy who who doesn't want for himself, but wants and helps others. You know, uh, it's it's kind of sad today, but he is very comfortable and he's. You know, he has Parkinson's, you know, but, you know, he's out there every day all over the world, and people just uh, gravitate to him like, you know, really something special. But, um, but, um, and, you know, uh, one of the other things that happened to me, uh, I'll come back to Ali, uh, is uh, 1998, uh, there was a, I got a phone call from a guy by the name of Frank DeFord. And uh, he left a message. I wasn't home that day, but he said, Howard, this is Frank DeFord calling, and I'm going back with Sports Illustrated now. And I have an assignment to write uh, write uh, three features a year. I have a contract to write three features a year for Sports Illustrated. And Howard, the first feature I wanted to do is on you. And I kind of like took the phone off of my ear and looked at it and said, what's this guy on crack or something? <laughs> anyway, so he said, I'm on vacation now, but I'll be back. Monday, but and I'll call you Monday. So Monday morning, I was home in L.A. and he called and said, "How is Frank DeFord?" And, and blah blah blah. And I'm back with Sports Illustrated. And my first, one of my first jobs is I want to write a story about you. And I said, "Why?" 
and and things have cost you know we know about you and you and your friendship with Ali and blah 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 and uh, then I asked him well how many uh, how many paragraphs did we write one and he laughed and said and as you know uh, or don't know uh, I'm known for writing long articles and so he does write long articles 15 pages later in Sports Illustrated and the cover and Marco you're a lucky man because you are in front of the only photographer who's been on the cover of Sports Illustrated and I didn't have to have I not had to have on a bathing suit <laughs> uh, no but uh, it was a big big honor you know to have been on the cover and the uh, uh, with my friend Muhammad Ali and the title of this story uh, the title of the uh, article was in big bold white print who's that guy with Howard Bingham and then in low print you would not know Muhammad Ali until you know his best friend Howard Bingham which is really wonderful and even now I do not believe you know I cannot believe it you know and you know uh, how many athletes have never been written up in Sports Illustrated how many athletes have never been you know on the cover how many you know and here you know you were also recognized, you were the first photographer to be inducted into the Boxing uh, Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, uh, was that the first photographer? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think yeah. that's what they were in the, at least yeah. that guy was introducing you was saying that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've been very, very fortunate. I don't know, do you know Gary? Because you were there that day. Oh yeah, he's a boxing fan. He was there. Gary's here. Uh, uh, Gary's here watching films now, the fights, and, and all around this barber shop, you know, it's just... Fighters, fighters. Oh, oh, were you a boxer, Gary? Yeah. What do you do? Box oranges, bananas, grapefruits? Anything. <laughs> yeah. One of the amazing things about Howard Bingham is the fact that when you're photographed by Howard Bingham, you don't feel like you're being photographed. I think whether it's Bill Cosby, Muhammad Ali, or Eldridge Cleaver, you're always made to feel like you're hanging out with Howard, and he just so happens to be taking pictures while you're doing it. Which is a great testament to him, not just as a photographer, but as a human being. And we're all the greater for it because we have over 40 years worth of wonderful images to look at and I want to thank Howard again for taking the time to uh, interview with us and I want to thank you for listening in and subscribing if you have any comments or suggestions feel free to email me at thecandidframe at gmail.com or visit us at www.thecandidframe.com Till next time this is Ivarian X. Perello, and this is The Candid Frame